What's going on, guys? It is August 18th. It is a Wednesday. That means it's time for The Wire. We're going to talk about J.R. Smith and some interesting news. Uh, We're not talking about the Lakers. I'll tell you guys that. I'll give you that little hint. Something we never do. We're going to talk about hockey. I'm sure that'll get Richie a little excited. I know he likes hockey. And the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 are going to try to come back at uh, some interesting moves in college football. So we're going to talk about that. And guys... The first week of the NFL preseason. We got to talk about that. It's The Wire and it starts right now. is going on fellas richie you're back from the islands like back two from shades the islands. darker two shades darker red. <laughs> welcome back Hi. Welcome. what's going on everybody how you doing it was good what's good how you guys doing doing good, good man got some sun ready to go ready to go ready Cooked to get ready Cooked all right well let, let's jump right in i want to talk about J.R. Smith, but I'm not going to talk about, you know, the Lakers or Ernest time there, nothing like that. Um, J.R. Smith is going to be a 36-year-old freshman at North Carolina A&T. Now, first off, we want to say here from The Wire, more power to you, to J.R. and anyone who decides that they want to go back and get an education. Um, you truly are never too old to start. So if you, if you decide that you want to do that, go for it. But my headline doesn't really stop at the fact that he's going back to college. Jared Smith has petitioned the NCAA for eligibility to play golf. Um, Representatives from his soon-to-be college and the NCAA predict eligibility will be granted simply based on the fact that he never, he entered the NBA um, directly after high school. So he never went to college. He's a true freshman. Uh, So let's open it up. We'll kick it over to Richie because we've missed you for a couple of weeks, my friend. What are your thoughts First off, on J.R. Smith's decision to walk away and uh, pursue a degree. I mean, it's walk away and pursue a degree or it's like walk away and go play in China or something. And, you know, he's kind of like, you know what? Like, it's COVID time. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere near China right now. I'm going to get a degree. Honestly, the latter portion of the story is what I really think it's about. I think he just want to play golf, right? That he want to go to school and play golf and have a good time. And, you know, kudos to him, man. Why not? He's an NBA champion. Uh, as George Carl threw some shade at him, nobody ever expected him to win a championship. So good on this guy. He's, he's made enough money in his career. And, you know, if he, if he wants to go back to school, man, you're never too old. So uh, good luck to him. I will say I don't know about the whole can he be considered a collegiate athlete and all that stuff? My my assumption is regardless of sport, he's going to get denied that ability because it just seems weird any other way. Right. True. I know for a fact 
any given sport, like if you go to if you go directly to the NBA, you cannot jump in and play basketball. Trey, what do you make of his decision to uh, stop playing professional basketball and head into to college? I mean, <clears throat> I'm 35 right now, uh, and he's a professional athlete, so clearly he takes a lot better care of his body. But even at 35, trying to play basketball, with my son, I'm like worn down. So I can, you know, I, I get the fact that he's like, you know what, I'm done with professional basketball. I'm done with, I'm done with that grind. More power to him. Uh, I don't mind the fact that he's playing uh, golf in college at A&T. Uh, I'm not an Aggie fan because my dad was essential, but, you know, more power to him. It's a HBCU. As long as he's not taking a scholarship from another kid, I don't, I don't see the problem with it. I think they got precedent on something like this. Uh, Brandon Whedon went to Oklahoma State after playing baseball for like four years, five years. I think um, Russell Wilson, college uh, football at uh, NC State, went and played professional baseball for a little bit and came back, went to Wisconsin. Don't quote me on that last one. I don't know if he actually played. Um, so as long as he didn't play professionally, professional ball, uh, and he wants to go back, pursue a degree, more power to him. Full support him. Oh, we're we're going to dive into the golf here in just a second. Sahi, what do you make of it? Uh, he's he's going to stop playing professional basketball. He's going to go go get a degree at 36 years old. What do you think? Yes, uh, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, life isn't basketball. Um, there's things to do beyond basketball. Um, and that's something that's that I feel like I'm doing that is like some as like a role model for the youth, you know what I'm saying? Something good for the kids to see and aspire to. Like, listen, making the NBA wasn't wasn't everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was great. He had a great career. Now it's time to move on and focus on other things. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like everybody said, kudos to uh, J.R. Smith, man. It's probably the least expected thing um, we'd probably heard like him going back to school to get his degree where you say him being a wild, crazy guy, getting high, taking his shirt off in the championship parades, <laughs> like just wilding out, you know what I'm saying? So this is just showing a different side of J.R. Smith that uh, I feel like the youth can look up to and aspire to. Or maybe, or maybe the professionals aren't partying hard enough, and he thought with the, right. the one place that they party harder. <laughs> you are right. That is an excellent point. Definitely party at A&T. I don't bring right. points. I usually just bring stories, but I just wanted to bring something, you know. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, yeah, sure. Let's let's send it back the other way um, to the real questions. L- let me start by saying, just so that everyone's aware, he has been playing golf recreationally, not professionally, but recreationally for te- 12 years now. Um, we have to consider the fact that age does mean experience, especially if you have been at the sport. Um, if he's granted eligibility to play by the NCAA, we're going to start here. Do you think he'll do well? I mean, how do you think he'll do? Um, I've never seen him play golf, so I, I can't say for sure. But if he's trying to play golf, it must mean, and he plays recreational, he must think he's pretty good. So, I mean, he might do all right. Um, who knows? This could lead to, you know, a late, a later career pro golf career. You know what I'm saying? He could win some Masters one day. Um, but this is going to really put his game on the forefront, and uh, we'll be able to judge it. 
if he gets eligibility, you know what I'm saying? So it's exciting. And I, I know the golf program and what school is he going to? I'm not sure. He's going to North Carolina a and Yeah, A&T, they're loving it right now. They're hoping he's get, he gets eligibility. <laughs> um, so that's going to be more plebis, pleb, uh, whatever that word is, <laughs> to their school. To them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just messing everything up tonight. Um, yeah, so it, I feel like it's great, no matter what he does. Trey, it's a, sure. it's a different dynamic than basketball. There's no uh, teammates. There's not – I mean, there's a coach, but – once you're out on the the course, you, it's really you uh, and you. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he's able to succeed in this kind of atmosphere? I think he's used to the dedication and putting his mind on something and reaching goals. Uh, I think they said he's a five handicap. Uh, I'm, to be honest, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to golf, but apparently that's <laughs> uh, he's been playing. It's okay. Years. Um, Listen, if if he wants to play golf and that's his passion, I feel like he should pursue it. Uh, I think that the, his I think his name and his um, celebrity status brings attention to game, especially in an HBCU setting. It's going to bring to the school. It's going to bring viewership to um, their college. Um, and it's going to be viewership sport uh, in there. So it's a win-win on all fronts. Of course, they're going to let him play. He's a big name in a really small sport as far as college uh, golf goes. So I think he'll. I think it's a, a marriage made in heaven, really. And him with all the tattoos out there, focus like it's going to be fun. And he, he's not bad. He's only going to get better. It's golf, so the more you play, the better you get. Supposedly, I, I haven't I haven't realized that, but yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not a mastermind, but sometimes I do this order correctly. Richie has extensive golf knowledge. <laughs> he's he's. Was it your first job? Was that it? Was your first yes. job, right? As it was my first course. and only job until I was an engineer. I so, worked on a golf course from 12 to 23. Yeah, man. I mean, think about it. He's he's played recreationally for 12 years. You know what these guys are like. You, I mean, you've seen that your whole life, but you've also seen J.R. Smith, what Sahi alluded to earlier, his his uh, kind of party wildness. Um, do you think someone who's played, a you know, excelled in a professional sport where you require a team could and and partied like that? could hone themselves down and be focused enough to be successful at a sport like golf? Um, I'll answer that in two parts. Uh, part The partying is kind of irrelevant, like, to be honest. Uh, as far as, like, team, team goal-oriented style versus, like, solo play, you know, that's hard to say. It's an individualistic thing. Like, here's an example, right? A lot of people love to say Michael Jordan's the GOAT of the NBA. Um, we can have that conversation at another time. But um, he's terrible. Terrible. Terrible at golf. Charles Barkley, also terrible at golf. So um, being an athlete, terrible, terrible, Kenny. Um, being an athlete doesn't really equate to, you're just gonna, like, this isn't like Bo Jackson, you know? Uh, golf is a different type of thing. And athleticism really has nothing to do with it. It's technique. And I'm, again, I'm not implying that they can't get the technique, but their physical attributes that they have mean nothing in golf, quite frankly. So I'm not saying, you know, him being a five, not bad. 
I mean, I would say, you know, him leisurely playing for 12 years. And what's impressive to me is he's a five when he's had to play in the NBA this whole time. So he, it's not like he's a, a fiver that's going every weekend and that's the best he can do. He might be able to squeeze into, you know, more of a zero or a one, or you might have to add strokes, right? Five essentially means guys that he would get five strokes taken away to try to equal out to the course. If the course is 72, he could shoot a 77 and still theoretically be a 72. So five is pretty darn good, especially when you consider, like I said, uh, he has a profession and he already had to do that most of his life. Um, can he do it though? I don't know. Um, the thing about golf that makes it very challenging is it's a mental game. And you know, here's where I am gonna pick on him. Uh, I, I famously remember this gentleman uh, catching an opportunity with a ball in a game one and having the opportunity to take a shot. And his wherewithal was so bad in that that he actually drained the clock and forced his own team in overtime when they could have had a chance to win. And that absolutely affected the outcome. Don't get me wrong, Warriors still would have won, but you don't have a chance when you literally give away an opportunity to steal a game. Um, so if he can't really focus in that kind of a setting where it's only him and the ball, that could be very challenging. But I'll say this, he's a five. That's pretty impressive, all things considered. Uh, you know, and against college athletes, that's right at that. You know, uh, he's probably like, in the 30th percentile, as in he's not that great, but I mean, he could at least compete with them. Uh, so good for him, you know, and if, if he gets the opportunity, Trey mentioned, you know, I didn't know anything about the NCAA rules and Trey kind of just pointed out some stuff. So assuming that's the case, and I don't see why it wouldn't be, he makes a very valid point, you know, why not to let the guy play? Um, it's not like he's gonna dominate the field. So let him have fun. Yeah, last take, I mean, you think they should let him play then? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, it doesn't, he's not going to dominate. So let him have the opportunity. Maybe he wins at one tournament. That'd be cool for him. Uh, but it's not like he has a competitive advantage by any means. Trey, you think they should let him or you think they should, uh, not based on JR, but just stop, you know, professional athletes from joining the college sports world? Uh, it's not his main sport. His sport is basketball. If if he's never been to college and he wants to try his luck at a different sport that he's passionate about, and I'm just, just starting to hear a lot about that uh, basketball players actually playing golf in there at leisure time. I mean, why not? At the end of the day, he does nothing but bring eyes to the sport, a sport that's desperately trying to get eyes looked at. They're trying to get people to look at. So I don't see there's any problem. Saeed, they, should they let him play or should they stop him? Yeah, let him play. Why not? Wow. We got a unanimous decision on the wire with three oh. of you guys. <laughs> Wait, quick side note, quick side note. Another goat that I had to mention that plays golf, Mr. Thomas Brady. Tom Brady has an eight. Just, just to give you guys something. So JR's got something on Tom Brady. But he's already got a degree. He strokes he better. No, he can't go back. <laughs> Tom can't go back. But I do believe Tom did play golf in uh, college. Tom that's, Tom Brady stayed up north. Love golf. So yeah, in Michigan. Yeah. Oh, we don't say we don't say that. Come on, we're all from. Oh, we say it, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. Um, something before we go to the break. We we never talk hockey on the wire. And I saw this story. Um, it is developing 
but it's I think it's decided, and I just had to bring it to the table. So back-to-back Stanley Cup winner and 24-season NHL veteran. Uh, I don't want to mess it up, but it's Yaramir Yager. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> Has decided uh, that he is going to continue to play for a team called Kladno in the Czech Extraliga League. Um, this announcement comes as he's approaching his 50th birthday this upcoming February. He's 49 years old. Um, Yaramir tells sports reporters that his decision comes from a place of obligation. He feels that it, that since he is the owner of this club, um, he has a responsibility to play and that the club may shut down if he decides to retire. I do have a quote here and then we'll get into it. He says, people still expect it from me. And that's probably the worst feeling when people think I can, but I know I can't. Um, Yarmir er, was drafted to the Pittsburgh Penguins as the number five overall pick in 1990, the year that I was born. <laughs> so uh, guys, first question, we have seen athletes from a variety of sports play, you know, well past their prime for a variety of reasons. But hockey's one of the most violent and physically demanding sports out there. Uh, what do you make of this man's, to start it off, what do you make of his self-proclaimed obligation to continue playing at damn near 50 years old, Sahi? Well, <clears throat> it does... It, it, it seemed like when you were first explaining it, it seemed like here's a guy who owns a team who still think he's the man in hockey and wants to keep playing and playing and forcing himself in just because he owns a team and has the money to do it. And then you said that quote, it's like people expected him. And when they think they when they think I can do it, but I know I can't. <clears throat> right there, it turned into a cry for help. I don't know how they do their professional sports in Russia. Um, in America, I'm sure I don't want to know. Um, but I'm not sure this is something we should be speaking of. Honestly, it's making me a little bit uncomfortable because it's like <laughs> this dude is crying out for help. And if he if he quits playing hockey, they're going to take him out back to the woodshed. <laughs> and it's like, this dude's just hanging on as long as possible. So it's, it's sad. It's, it's my heart breaks for the man. Like, oh, just, just let him stop playing hockey, Putin. Come on, please. I've been hanging out with Richie too much. I wrote this story in layers. You'll get the rest of the sad story here in a minute. Oh, <laughs> Trey, no. Trey. Oh, no. oh, my God. Trey, what do you, what do you make of of this man uh in his like so just just to clarify it is his self-proclaimed obligation he feels that no one will pick up the mantle and continue the team if he decides to retire uh i think i think he i think he's going through a little midlife crisis that's that's my personal opinion <laughs> he just voices in his head and he thinks he's still the man on top and he feels like He's got to do it to show them how it's done. Is I think he's having a midlife crisis. It's a, I don't think that anybody expects him at 50 years old to get out there and lace up the skates and go play hockey. People who watch hockey know hockey or know about hockey. I just started watching it. I, there's no way I'd expect a 50 year old to go out there and play that sport. Like, absolutely not. Right. I don't know who's hyping him up, telling him this, but it, no one's expecting that. 
Richie, now just just to clarify a couple of things before we jump into the question, you are an NHL fan, right? I do like hockey, yes. Familiar with Yarmir? I'm quite familiar with Yarmir Yager. What, what do you make? <laughs> 50 years old, self-proclaimed obligation. What do you think? Um, well, it's, it, you know, it's it's challenging. I, I think, you know, we talk about it from the pressure and it's a cry for help, but let's look at it from what it is. He started playing at the club when he was 15. His father owned it. He played for two years and then he joined the NHL. He was actually the first Czech player and the first person who didn't have to defect uh, from the Czech Republic because that's when the curtain was uh, dropped. So what was happening is a lot of these uh, Eastern, like, uh, how do I say this, like Slovakian players had to like defect to the United States. So when they got drafted, they couldn't play right away because they had to like get out of Russia. And so the Czech, this was, he was the first player that got drafted and was able to play. And in his first two seasons, the, Pits, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, he started off prolific career. Um, honestly, there's a lot, of, he's got a lot of things. And here's one that you, you can obviously know based on what we're talking about. He's the oldest player to score a hat trick. I think he did it right before he hit 43 years old. So, um, long, Mr. Longevity, Mr. Career, but I understand it from his perspective because again, this is his father's legacy. So he feels like it's his family legacy. His father owned the club. Now he owns it. I think he owned it in like 2011, 2012. And so he's saying, if I leave this team, you know, the revenue's gone. Sponsors are gone. Everyone's pulling out and it'll die because I can't, you know, I'm not going to throw my money into it and watch it just die because we don't have sponsors. So he thinks like it's to Sahi's point, And it is kind of sad that he's got to just shuffle around and score 10 points in an entire season. And just to clarify to our uh, viewers, Points aren't necessarily goals. Assists, goals equal points. So either one. So um, 10, 10 points is nothing in hockey, to clarify. And that's what he did last year. I was looking that up while we we're discussing. So uh, it's very disappointing, you know, f- to hear that he feels the need to do this, but I understand why he's doing it, quite frankly. Um, and uh, one thing I will say is even though hockey is a tough man's sport, which it is, um, it just goes to show you these guys are tough guys. These guys are iron men. And a lot of successful hockey players play 20 plus years of hockey. It's pretty incredible to see most of these guys going to the forties. Alexander Ovechkin, another Czech Republic guy. Uh, I mean, he's, he's about to hit his 20th season. And you know, it's funny to me because when he and Sidney Crosby came into the league, like they were like the next Wayne Gretzky and the Yaramir basically, quite frankly, or Mario Lemieux, you could argue. Uh, and now they're the old guard, you know, because we're getting old. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny to see these cycles. Um, but yeah, it's very disappointing to hear that Yaramir's in this position, but uh, this is definitely one of the goats. So I, I hope for his own sake and for the club's sake, they can find a way to, you know, have some sort of revenue stream so he doesn't have to keep doing this. Because clearly, based on his language, he doesn't want to play and he knows he's washed. So it's really sad. Yeah, I, I've got I've got some follow up here, but but I just for anyone listening that is thinking that I was crazy to say it's one of the more physical sports. Have you ever tried ice skating? It's exhausting. Let alone. Have you ever fallen on the ice when you go on like so really fast? It sucks. Yeah, it hurts so I've, much. I've fallen the whole time. Like so much. <laughs> I think I'm making a career out of this. Okay, we're gonna send it back around. I'm gonna make it a two parter, uh, and then we'll go to the break. First, first part of the two-parter is how does this decision content to to continue compared to athletes that we've seen do it before, like Brett Favre, uh, Randy Couture, you could say Peyton Manning. 
you could try to say Tom Brady, but I think that's a whole <laughs> different cup of tea. How dare uh, you bring his name? <laughs> I mean, he's 43. You could almost say it, but he's he, he plays like he's 21. Um, and the second part of this is the, the rest of the story. Y- Yarmir feels that he has to hold the company um, as, lo- as long as his dad draws breath, basically. His dad owned the company for 20 years. As long as his dad's alive, he wants it to continue to be successful. So I want to know, you know, what you think of it with knowing that knowledge, knowing that that's in there, but also how do you, can you compare it to guys like Brett Favre or Randy Couture? I mean, he came back at what, 43 and won the championship. Um, and then maybe Peyton Manning, he, he, he sort of, you know, played a little too long, but Richie, we'll, we'll go reverse order there. Well, first, how dare you ever throw Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. in this conversation? Just so you know, buddy, he's not wearing a knee brace this year. That's the first time in his career he hasn't had to wear a knee brace. I don't That's care if right. he's 70, okay? That's right. You you don't you That's ever put that right. man in in the Brett Favre, fucking Peyton Manning man. after neck surgery Break bullshit. Break him off, Richie. That's just breaking <laughs> off. And you throw him in here with Yarmir Yager, who's mm, 50. Mm, mm. <laughs> what is going on? So first of all, don't you ever do that on this show, because there are three people here who will call that bullshit. I like wasn't slandering time. him. I'm just pointing out that he's. You point out he should retire, which yeah. he should not. He just no, 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 won the no. Super Bowl. I didn't say he should yeah. retire. He's just past the age of forty and still playing nah. his profession. Yeah, but the other dudes were all washed. True. The other dudes were all washed. Anyway, anyway, wasn't the point. Anyways, to the point. <laughs> this is not the same. Those guys are chasing glory, as we, as I mentioned earlier, and as we've all discussed. He's chasing, keeping his family legacy. By, by keeping the, the the hockey team. So I don't feel them that they're they're not equivalent. He he knows he's washed. He even said it. You know, I don't I, I don't belong out there. He knows he's washed. He's doing it for different reasons. So I don't fault him for it. I don't feel like it's the Brett Favre syndrome. I don't feel like it's the Peyton Manning syndrome. But you know, ironically for a lot of those guys, like we just mentioned, like Peyton Manning, they happen to win even at the end of it when they weren't really good. Now, if he wins a check hockey you know championship at 50 i don't think he's gonna care you know he's a he's a stanley cup winner i don't think he really cares about that stuff so i don't think that's why he's doing it so having said that like i said i don't view it as the same this isn't a man that doesn't understand he should quit he knows he should be done uh it just you know it just hasn't worked out and just just so you guys know actually he, he played in the NHL until like 2018. So it's, I mean, this was very recently, he even retired from the NHL and he did it to go back to his, his home team. So um, I don't think it's the same. You can't compare it apples to apples, but as I said earlier, and I'm gonna reiterate it, I really hope this dude can figure out a way to get revenue to the team so he can get his corpse off of the ice because he does not belong on there. And honestly, at 49 years old, he could fall on his ass and break his tailbone. Let's be realistic here. So um, it's really sad, honestly. This kind of bummed me out. <laughs> Sorry, man. It'll, we'll pick it up in the second half. Trey, uh, do you see any comparison or um, have you felt this before with any of the other athletes that have had that career that kind of went you know, longer than you expected? Um, first, I'm going to start by saying I did not know my guy was still playing. That's insane. 
to me. Either. That, that's, that's crazy. So there's a big difference between 43 and 50. You know, there's a big difference. Okay. I can feel the difference between five and 30. 43, 50 are two different ages. And that is like, I, I, that's mind boggling that he's still playing professionally at, at that age. Um, I think that that's a comparison. Uh, like Rich, and it, that was more of a vanity play for them. Um, that Brett Favre was trying to just hold team by hostage and to see if he and he knew he was still wanting to play. Uh, Tom Brady actually can still play, um, so shame on you. And uh, Peyton Manning was at the end of his career, but he was being held up by the defense, and he knew that, and that's why he left after that, and we went on top. What, what he's talking about, and I feel bad for calling it a uh, midlife crisis. Jesus, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he needs to talk to his dad and see if he could just be like, Pop, you know, it's, it's nearing the end. I apologize. Let me sell the team. At least try to make some money out of it. Like, I, I don't know. But I, I don't think it's the same at all. I think that that's a completely different thing. I don't wish it on him, but I have a wrench in the gear. Richie, real quick, and then yeah, I got yeah. something for you. Second. Super quick, because Trey mentioned something. The difference between um, 43 and 50 is the same difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, just to clarify an age. Oh, wow. And I, I also wanted to say, I made that point about him being uh, having a midlife crisis, thinking that he hadn't even been playing. He's been playing continuously since then. That's just, that's sad. Like since I was born, <laughs> and before that, he was playing before before playing on this. He's playing when he professionally is fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, I was like, I was born in eighty five. So yeah, like no. <laughs> he was playing when I was born, and Trey was born. <laughs> Sahi, uh, same same set of questions. You know, can you compare this to any other of the athletes' careers that kind of went on a little longer than you expected? Uh, what do you, what do you make of the fact that you know it's really he's doing it for his legacy? Um, and also the wrench in the gear because we're running out of time, and I don't wish this on anybody, but realistically. This could put him in a worse health condition than his father playing hockey at the age of 50. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because who knows? He could get broke off on the side of, you know what I'm saying? How to hit the wall. Somebody break him off. He slip a disc. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like at 50. But he's probably, you know what I'm saying? He's over there in Russia. They're doing things, you know what I'm saying? It's probably not the same talent level. But those those young guys are still rough. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure what position he plays. Is he out there sliding around or is he more defense or is he goalie? Now, I'm not Rich, sure what Richie would have to speak playing. to that. I'm not sure where, where he plays. He's definitely not a goalie. No, he's not a goalie. He's still... He still plays. I'm out talking about the, now. Okay, okay. So yeah, he's he out there sliding around. around. Yeah, okay, he's still so sliding he, around. Yeah, he, yeah, he could twist an ankle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely harder on your health as you get older. And I agree with you guys that that it's. I mean, I, it's not the same as those other guys. Those other guys, to me, wanted to keep going. This guy sound like he doesn't want to keep going. He's doing it 
because he's have to because he has to. And I'm not buying the story of the whole family family legacy thing. I'm sure he's got a young nephew, a young young cousin. You know what I'm saying? That could pick up his slack in that organization. I feel like he owes some Russian mobsters some money and they came to him for the money. He said he didn't have it. He spent all his NHL winnings and they said to him, they go, you play hockey, you sell tickets. And he, so, so, the, so, he, so, he, so he has to play. He's a draw over there. He's going to sell tickets and <laughs> he's going to sell tickets and he's going to get the mafia and Russia, their money back. That's what it has to be. No this same is, person is going to play till they're 50. This is the same mobster that told AD to right. sit out for 18 weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell him he put a bid in for the bucks this year. You know what I'm saying? But no, no, no. It's got to be something. It's got to be something sinister in the game. That's all I know. Their family legacy thing, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, we made it almost a half hour before before we got some of the, the good old Sahi. We're going to be right back. You're watching The Wire. Don't go anywhere. Uh, when we come back, we're, we got to talk about the NFL preseason. But before that, we got a little, little something for you. We'll be right back. Man. Much Russian mobster. What is wrong with you, bro? Rush you always got it. You, you got to do something. You sell tickets. <laughs> it's true, That's though. He even said it. Right. That's what he said. He said People they can't. Expecting. They going to pull the plug if he leaves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought I was being risky talking about him dying before his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sahib is just keeping it real tough. That's right. that Eastern Absolutely. European bullshit. You work till you die, right. boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like some Vlago Dragic type stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. If he dies, he dies. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are off of the subject of old men playing hockey and we are on uh, to new things here on the wire. Um, if you haven't been paying attention and I know we kind of stray away from NCAA and we don't do it intentionally. If you want to hear more college sports talk on the wire, all you have to do is hit us up in the comments below. Let us know and we will definitely cover it. It's just so vast. So we, we typically stick professional but we are more than happy to cover anything that you guys want to hear. Uh, we are going to talk NCAA today, though, because, you know, last week, the big headline would have been, you know, that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. They're going to go to the SEC. They've been approved um, unanimously to join the SEC. That changes a lot of the scope of NCAA football. And we are talking about football. Um, the Big 10, ACC, and Pac-12 have apparently begun to stage a counter move uh, to those recent changes. Now, uh, the 
<laughs> some may call the SEC an elite conference, right? Um, and Texas, Oklahoma, they left the Big 12. There's been no reports about what's going to happen with the Big 12, eight. There's eight teams in that, that conference now. Um, however, the ACC's Jim Phillips, the Big 10's Kevin Warren, and the Pac 12's George mm, Kilovic. Kilovkov have reportedly, and these are the, the heads of the conferences, have reportedly been having conversations for several weeks about forming an alliance. Uh, this alliance would have multiple purposes. The main ones would be uh, working together to vote on the larger issues that pertain to college football, because right now you've got the SEC stacking up the super conference, um, as well as creating regular cross-conference game schedules. Uh, between those three leagues so we would see a little more variety in the regular season schedule we've talked about it on the wire before about how ohio state could you know for instance could be a better team if they had more challenge throughout the season um rather than that being you know the reason that they're not as good as they claim to be they're they're great but they just don't get to play anybody type of thing um it's a ton to unpack but let's let's dive in first and foremost and i think we're at richie uh, what do you guys make of the decision to move two heavy, I mean, the two heavy hitters from the, the Big 12 into the SEC with the other heavy hitters? Uh, I mean, I think it's genius. I mean, I've said this, I'll always say this a million times over. The SEC is the only conference. You could argue the ACC being the only other kind of thing. But um, it gives you an opportunity because of how stacked it is to lose a game, maybe even lose two and still be able to have an opportunity for the national championship. So to me, why on earth would you play in the Big 12, which has like nobodies, mostly, when you could go into the SEC? Heck, the SEC is getting so big, there might have to be like SEC West and SEC East at this point. I don't even know. I feel like it's, how is it still one thing at this point? I mean, I don't know that much about it. All I can tell you is, if you look at like, ever since the BCS was removed, Ohio State won in 2014. But after that, it was virtually all SEC and then two ACCs, but the ACCs being Clemson exclusively, right? So Clemson exclusively is the reason why the ACC even has a championship. Everything else is the SEC, which is Alabama and LSU. And then you have the, the lone Big Ten and the first uh, CFP, which was won by Ohio State. So having said that, the SEC dominates football, period. And it has nothing to do with recruiting because if you look at the, the people we just mentioned, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State have been in the top five of recruits in the last seven years. Top five, they average. Ohio State is actually third, technically. Third. Only to Alabama. So they they have the players, but the reality is, is what I've always said, and Justin's already mentioned it, is they don't have competition. So they don't have somebody to push them. They don't understand how to get better. They just do what, what works and they focus on winning. To me, it's a combination of them being young players that don't get the experience and that like that grit they need and challenging games to uh, like act, like push them to, to, to get better. And then also coaching at the end of the day. I mean, look at Nick Saban. We can sit here and say, all, the, the bottom line is this, Ohio State and Alabama have similar recruiting qualities. And, and quite frankly, Ohio State usually has more four stars recruits. The, the the one big difference is Nick Saban. I'm not forget the SEC. They have Nick Saban. I mean, you know, when you have a great coach, 
you can see what happens with a great coach. I mean, there's a reason Nick Saban in Alabama pays him hand over fist. And quite frankly, I don't see how anybody has any chance of of being successful. I don't even know what the Big 12 Justin's going to talk to us. I think it's like the eight, the the small eight now. I don't know what it is. Justin, what is it? What is uh, this I'm, thing? I'll, I'll pull it up right now. But yeah, there's eight teams left. While I'm pulling that up, um, Trey, I know, I know you've got a, a love for college football. So I, I'm excited to hear your take on this uh, specifically. But I mean, for, just for starters, what do you think about the SEC acquiring <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas for cash considerations? <laughs> I didn't say that, but you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the rich get riches. They acquired Texas A and M and Missouri a few years back. They're going to Texas and Oklahoma. I think twenty twenty. 2024, something like that. Um, and it's fair, really, because what's really going to end up happening, and, and to Richie's point, I think the state actually won a championship with Jameis Winston, too. But to, to Richie's point, what's going to wind up happening is all these bigger conferences are going to split off, and it's going to be the SEC versus everybody else. And what's going to happen is everybody else is just going to get left in the dust. And I don't. I don't necessarily want also Carolina and Louisiana a lot in the top 25 and that was just a massive fact no one has a chance um I don't know I guess I have to where it goes but it but the 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 ACC the the Big Ten they, they're gonna have to do some type of uh with the SEC. So, yep. Oh. Uh, well, we'll get back to him when his interview. We'll get back better. to him. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought he. What do you think, man? Uh, well, I got your. I've got your. The the big eight, uh, and this list hasn't even been the updated. Big eight. This just happened. We've got Baylor. We've got Iowa State. We've got Kansas. We've got K State. Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma State used to be Oklahoma. Uh, we have TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia left in the Big 12. Uh, who to date have not made any decisions to join the Alliance or anything like that. Trey, we lost you. Did you have a did you have a final cap on that? Oh they they're they out of the conferences gonna have to join again and compete to even be in a position win a championship with the SEC based off of the moves the team that they're getting is an abundance of riches. Absolutely. Sahi, Oklahoma, Texas, they said sayonara Big 12. What do you think? I feel like <clears throat> the ace, the SEC is doing exactly what their plan was was to keep the allure and the facade of how awesome the SEC was. The, you know what I'm saying? Keep it alive. Like, ooh, look, we got Oklahoma and Texas now. I guess the SEC still does it better than everybody else, don't we, guys? <laughs> like, no, man. Like, no, the, the, the SEC really is overrated, in my opinion. Um, 
I like that these other conferences are teaming up with each other. Um, it's just going to make for more exciting college football. Um, and what's more exciting college football going to do is going to start slowly, start to peel away the allure of the SEC. Like Richie said, the only school that really matters out there is Alabama anyway. That's the only school keeping it afloat. And when you got a juggernaut that huge, okay, the rest of the conference is going to look better. You know what I'm saying? If you could play a couple close games with Alabama, win some other games, like, yeah, okay. Like, SEC, they won some championships just because the people that vote these schools in are like, oh, we got to have some SEC teams in there. That's the that's the best football we got, blah, blah, blah. And they're starting to see these, these schools that aren't in any power conferences go undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Your South Florida's, um, what was it, Memphis or something last year? Some school went undefeated. Um, and, the, and then there's these schools. They're slowly starting to creep up year after year. And they're going and they're wanting a chance to play in the college football championship and they deserve to do it. And the SEC is like, nope, we want to keep these fools, keep believing that we're the best conference of them all. So we need the names of Oklahoma and Texas who have so much history of good football. And that's just only going to bolster our reputation in the college football field because we're scared of these small schools, you know? So, I mean, it's good, but what they're doing is they're making everybody else think, everybody else get better. So it's going to be good for college football all around. And yeah, the SEC isn't going to be looked at as a powerhouse for too much longer now that they got Texas in there. Let's just keep it real because Texas is trash. Hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Maybe the team. I got to vote for the team. Just- <laughs> I, I live here. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Uh, <laughs> right, right. That's why I said I need to be down there. Well, I mean, this is, a, this is a local joke before we move on, but you know, you almost expect someone like Mount Union to get into the SEC before Ohio State. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know about Mal Union. Nah. <laughs> hey, they're undefeated they sh- most seasons. Right? Yeah, they should. They should. Yeah. I mean, that's Division Three, though. So they, they should be up on nobody. Yeah. yeah. yeah they, they should just get bumped up. I mean, Ohio State yeah. meets up on nobodies. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mal. Like I said earlier, the, the Big Ten got the most Hall of Famers, probably. I think. So we can look up those numbers. We'll do a fact the check Big next Ten, week. Right, we yeah. Big Ten got some, got some heavy hitters. They Ain't do. They, hey, back in the day, Sahi, I agree with you. The Ohio State churned out Hall of Famers, but th- this is no longer 1990, my friend. This when you got the best playing against each other, they're gonna look. They're gonna. They're not gonna look as good because somebody's got to lose and somebody's got to win. What happened when they played Alabama, man? <laughs> like, okay, but Alabama, Alabama gets you know what I'm saying all the best recruits. So Alabama is just above. Alabama is above the conference. Listen, they get the recruits because they send players to the league. They're always going to get the recruits. As long as you have teams like Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, who can continue to turn players to get money, millions of dollars, they're going to continue to get those recruits. And but then Ohio money, State does too. They don't churn out a lot of Not players like that's going to be Alabama, Hall of Famers uh, and have long, yo, 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 yo. Uh, luxurious careers. That's where <laughs> no, you go no, no. to the Big Ten, next, where next you learn week, real football. 
Next All week, right. we'll have an actual stat check, but I believe last year there were 22 Alabama players, and I think Ohio State was 20 in the draft. And we can keep going back previous years. Always Alabama, Ohio State's always the second most drafted player. Mm-hmm. Ohio I'm not State talking about drafted players. I'm not talking about drafted players. Well, I am. I'm talking I'm talk- about NFL-ready, quality talent, roster to roster. Ohio State is hardly even arguably any worse than Alabama. They just shit the bed. That's the reality. But they but they got the more Hall of Famers, I'll bet you that. <laughs> I mean, I we'll find out. Yeah, let, and we'll like I said, in the, 90s, in the 90s, it was lit. And there probably are a lot of Hall of Famers. So. Right. <laughs> The nineties, they had Maurice Claret to do it. Nah, anyway, uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna send it back early two thousand. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So this is kind of like a two, maybe three parter. I want to get your your take on the alliance specifically, but um, I, I want to know, like, do you think what should happen with the Big Twelve? Do they stay? You know, the Big Eight. Those those teams that I mentioned. Do they get dissolved between the two? Do they join the alliance? Um. And does this alliance give the teams that aren't in the SEC the opportunity to be greater, you know, to play more challenging opponents like we've talked about with Ohio State? If they if they had to meet Clemson in the regular season, if they had to prepare for a game of that magnitude, maybe they'd be more ready when it comes championship time. What do you think? Uh, I think... I think that this is what they have to do in order to stay competitive with the SEC. And, and the one thing that's been lost to me is what is the purpose of the NCAA at this point? Like, like officially, I want to know. Like, if if these if these organizations are going to come together and build alliances, and the SEC is gaining all of these teams, and college players are able to make money after likeness, what is the purpose of the NCAA? I, I think that they're going to have to do this in order to be competitive to, to get the votes from the SEC in order to be uh, to get the big money from the playoffs and stuff um, but I think that that's what they have to do it's, it's survival at this point because the other teams from the Big 12 the the Oregon's and all that, they're not going to be able to be competitive with the SEC if they can't get, if they can't schedule outside of their conference the way they need to. That's just what it is. We can play conference, get, SEC can play conference and conference games and our schedule is top 10. Literally. Sahi, what about you, man? What you think? Um, just like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's good that they're doing it um, so that they can bust down the barrier once and for all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know the SEC, man. The Richie and Trey, they got it confused. I mean, they just, they drinking the Kool-Aid. So that's, that's, that's all I got to say. It's good. We going to see the future. We'll tell all. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully I'm on the right side of the history there. <laughs> Richie. Oh my goodness. I'm going to ignore what was just said there. Um, <laughs> as far as the alliance, do I think it's a good idea? The, this to, this is what's tricky. We don't know what this alliance will entail. The only thing I can say is if I'm, I'm the Big Ten, I'm kind of scratching my head on this one. Because the, what this really is, is, is TV rights deals, guys. That's the name of this game at the end of the day. These colleges are about money, right? Well, they're not about competitiveness, I'm sorry. Now, to Sahi's point, the SEC is trying to take all the big names to try to catch up. I don't know if you know this, the Big Ten actually has 
the biggest TV media deal. Uh, each team gets $54 million. So the Big Ten actually gets paid the most. So what does the Big Ten get out of this alliance? Theoretically, if this alliance works and if the NCAA approves it, <coughs> then they can at least play more higher caliber play, you know, teams. Because let's not kid ourselves. The Big Ten, like 15 years ago, was a phenomenal conference. Minnesota was, you know, they had, they had some killers, but that it's just no longer the case now. And honestly, Michigan is quite frankly a joke. And it's just Ohio State getting free money off of Michigan. And that's what that's a big part of why the Big Ten is so successful is that rivalry being one of the oldest rivalries. So um, do I think this is necessary? It depends. If I'm the Big Ten, I would be negotiating with the NCAA. Like, can our alliance, can I play, you know, counter conference with these teams? Because if I don't get to, then I'm not joining. Why, why would I lose money and help these other guys gain money if I don't actually get to compete? So th that's what this comes down to is this alliance thing. Nothing's been formulated. It's all theoretical. They're all working on it. But right now, first is TV deals. That's how, that's the reality. Money, money first, schedule after. So if I'm the Big Ten, I'm like, well, I'm not signing anything until I get assurances that, you know, we can play Florida State, we can play Clemson in the regular season. And if I can't get that, I'm out. I'd, I'd rather play the, the, the cream puffs if I'm Ohio State, you know? At least guarantee my way into the, 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 the playoffs. Might Form as well. an alliance with the SEC. Form an alliance with the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Trouble for them. Trouble. Trouble. And to Sahi's point, those cream puffs, those overrated cream puffs, get them in there. Yeah. Uh, folks, we want to know what you think. Uh, put it in the comments below. And of course, if you want to hear more about college sports, we're happy to do it. We just need to know that you want to hear it. Let's move on to the big topic of the week. And we're going to close off the show with this. The NFL preseason has started. It is almost time to be NFL all the time. Um, it's in the books. I think for the most part, uh, we can officially usher in the beginning of the football season on the wire. Um, I'm going to do a quick rundown on scores for you guys. Um, and then I do have a couple of key points that we can discuss, but I also just want to, you know, do our thing and kind of open it up for everyone. Uh, the Cowboys and the Steelers um, technically played first. And the Steelers put the whooping 16 to 3. Uh, Washington Patriots, Patriots came out 22 to 13. Uh, Titans, Falcons, Titans 23 to 3. Cowboys lost to the Cardinals 19 to 16. Broncos. Whoop the Vikings 33 to 6. Browns Jags. Browns won 23 to 13. Jets 12 over the Giants, who had seven. Uh the Chiefs edged the 49ers 19 to 16. Chargers, and this is a longer one because everybody played. <laughs> Chargers, uh Chargers beat the Rams 13 to 6. Panthers lost to the Colts 21 to 18. The Raiders beat the Seahawks 20 to 7. Uh, the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans beat the Green Bay Packers 26 to 7. Um, the Bengals beat the Buccaneers 19 to 14. The Ravens beat the Saints 17 to 14. Uh, the Chicago De Bears beat the Dolphins. That was an awesome game. We'll talk about that 20 to 13. Bills and Lions. Bills won that one 16 to 15. And the Steelers played again against the Eagles 24 to 16. Whew, that's a lot of scores. Um, now, keep in mind that is preseason. You know, uh, not everything is taken at face value. So, a couple of key points, and we can open it up. Uh, let's start off 
with the Colts. So uh, the Colts only had two starters, one on offense, one on defense. Um, and that was not the main story in Indianapolis. All eyes were on the QB position based on our conversation last week on the wire, uh, or was it a couple weeks ago, Carl or Carson Wentz is out. Huge question mark on when he's going to come back. Um, Colts fans are focused on, on Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger and who's going to take over, who's going to be able to step into that spot. Cause we've talked about it. Indianapolis was planning everything around Carson Wentz. Um, the highlight of Eason's time in the game was when he ran the two minute offense at the end of the first half. He led the Colts on a six play 75 yard drive that was capped by a Jordan Wilkins three yard touchdown run. Um, Ellinger's best moment came on the game trying uh, the game tying series that included completions of 47 and 25 yards. Uh, and then he tied the game showing off his running skills by keeping the ball on a two point conversion. So uh, to start things off, and I think we never start with Trey. Let's start with Trey. Um, what do you think where I'm sitting? It, it kind of seemed like the two, the two QBs were pretty close to even. Does one stick out more than the other to you? No. <laughs> Never really expected to see him play, really. I, I Honestly, uh, I think at one point they were talking about bringing back uh, Old Man River <laughs> before. Um, it is what it is. They're, they're trying to put a Band-Aid over a, a broken leg right now until Carson Wentz comes back. <laughs> you're right. That's exactly what they... They centered this entire season around uh, this team around Carson It was supposed to be a five-week to 12-week uh, healing process. They think it's going to be called five weeks. They think they can ride it out until then. So... That's where I'm at with it. I don't think either one of these quarterbacks really matter in the day. What about you, Richie? What do, do you have a favorite of the two? Do you think one's a better decision for Indianapolis? I mean, realistically, to be the Debbie Downer, just like Trey said, it don't matter. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Um, <laughs> Indianapolis is happy that uh, Carson Wentz, the injury update from today is that uh, it's been reduced by two weeks. So we're, we're looking at a three to 10 week recovery. So it's very possible he'll be in the first quarter of the season, which originally was projected he'd be in the, the last quarter. So yeah. if, I, if I'm the Colts, the only thing I'm trying to focus on is making sure Jonathan Taylor's looking sharp and that offensive line is looking sharp so we can just run the damn ball and try to steal some ball games until he's back. What about you, Sahi? I know we, we talked a little bit about it and uh, you had feelings on both of these guys. Is there one that you prefer? Um, Jacob Eason, for sure. Um, he looks spectacular out there. Um, and the thing that makes it tough is they both look good. So... I mean, the one thing against Ellinger is he was playing mostly against threes and fours. Um, so you'd have to give the edge slightly to Jacob Eason because he was playing against slightly better competition. Um, and I think it's a huge concern for um, not many other people other than Carson Wentz um, because he's going to be out, the, like you said, maybe two, three weeks. But if one, like, say Jacob Eason gets the start and he plays lights out, 
then you're go- and they're winning games because they got a good little team behind them. Um, Jacob Eason is an a, a athletic guy. Um, he can move around a little bit. He's got a great arm. Um, if he goes out there and he looks good, um, based off Carson Wentz's recent pass, um, it's it's going to be tough for the coach to be like, hey, Eason, you got to sit the bench for this guy we just got in here, and we're really not sure about ourselves. Um, you got a young, hungry, young guy that's like, yo, this is my opportunity to shine, and you never know. He could take full advantage of it, and the team could respond to that guy in a positive way. So the longer that um, Carson Wentz sits out, it's going to be tough for Carson Wentz and the team to, you know what I'm saying, respond to that um, change in quarterback, especially early in the season. Um, it would have been different if Carson Wentz played a week or two, then went down, you know what I'm saying, then the guy comes in and carries the slack. But you got a guy that's going to be bringing the team into the season. You get a couple big wins, you get some momentum going, it's going to be hard to switch back to Carson Wentz. So um, they might, you know, slow his slow his rehab and stuff down. That's how they'll keep him out of the start lineup. Like, you know what? We don't think you're ready yet. Go ahead and keep rehabbing. Um, and they're going to let the young guy shine and then start shopping uh, Carson Wentz around. So the, the, the performance by those guys is a little scary um, for Carson Wentz. If we gave out points on the wire, Sahi, I'd give them to you. Wonderful point there. And plus, you never know. Carson Wentz will probably come back in and have to go right back out with like a thumb injury or something like that. Um, You're done with Carson <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to oh, talk down, to him. but he's always in. Uh, <laughs> um, we got one more story, and then we'll open it up for the last few minutes. Uh, Andy Dalton, the Bears, got off to a super rough start, honestly, against uh, two of the Dolphins. Um, Justin Fields made his debut in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not the not the smoothest of starts, uh, but he did start to kind of gain his steam um, as the game went on. He was 14 of 20 for 142 yards and one touchdown. He had 33 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. It seemed to me, though, in the, in the back half of the game is when he started to command the pocket, look a little more comfortable, and uh, p- play more of the football that we're used to seeing Justin Fields play. Um, I will. Where are we at? We're at we stopped at Sahi. We want to go reverse order. Uh, what do you make of Justin Fields' debut? Um, I thought it was uh, phenomenal. He looked like the Justin Fields that I knew he could be um, coming out. I thought he should be one of the top two picks. Um, I saw. I saw. Um, I knew. Patrick Mahomes was going to be a guy when I saw him on John Gruden's quarterback camp. Um, I watched the show called QB1, um, and it's a, it was a story of four high school quarterbacks. Um, and Justin Fields just happened to be one of them. Um, and he was a phenomenal thrower of the football. Um, he, he was throwing stuff in practice. Like, he was dropping it right on guys in the tight coverage. So it's not like these guys were, like, wide open and he was just getting lucky and he just happened to have a tremendous arm. Um, and I was watching some show that uh, he did a uh, some sort of uh, recall memory test and he scored one of the highest scores that you can have. Um, so I knew he was going to be, I knew he was going to be a, a, a guy. 
Um, his first drive, he was like re- way back into the deep into the red zone, I think. Started maybe at the 10, maybe the 15. So it was going to be hard to come out of that. So the coach just had to play it safe. So you can't really fault him on that. But after that, he just played lights out. And I hope, I hope that Mac Nagy um, starts Justin Fields out of the gate. If not, it's going it's to be a quick career in Chicago for Matt. And reverse order, Richie, what do you think, man? We've we talked a lot about Justin Fields. We thought, you know, he should be in the top five. Things kind of changed. We agreed with him being in the top 12. What do you think now? Well, you know, I strongly advocated at the time that uh, I thought he was going to slip. I did not think he would slip past the 49ers. I, Zach Wilson was the one that caught us off guard when we were talking about this previously. Um, I, what I think about all of them is that that's what's going to happen. We're, we're This is going to be a narrative if one of them becomes a superstar and the others don't, kind of like Patrick Mahomes, where you're going to be having, you know, when we talk about Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, Fields, and uh, what's his face? Oh, white boy, Mac Jones. Uh, you know, those are the four we're going to be talking about for the next couple years and to see which one of them was the, you missed him. Um, I I will say Justin Fields did exactly what I expected and what we talked about uh, before the draft happened, which was he looks to be the most game ready. He looks to be ready to go to Sahi's point. Uh, and, you know, Andy Dalton, as a Bengals fan, he's serviceable, but you got to, you know, you don't need serviceable. <laughs> you, you need to try to win. And right now you need to try to win. And Justin Fields gives you a better chance, even at his young age and his inexperience, than than um, Andy Dalton. You, you got it. You got to take a chance. In my opinion, he shows you he can at least game. He's a gamer. Um, I think he's the guy who's going to look the best early. And it's a matter of does Trey Lance improve his skill set and potentially overtake him? But again, those are the four quarterbacks we're going to be talking about. Uh, Fields did exactly what I expected and what we talked about. He's game ready. He's always looked like it in Ohio State. When he dropped uh, and Zach Wilson, like I didn't, I didn't mind Trey Lance just because people get so happy with you know the athletic quarterbacks but i was shocked when zach wilson just because he has that rifle went over fields and then fields dropped so this this is a match made in heaven i love that he's in chicago quite frankly they're a tough gritty team and this is a tough gritty kid people underestimate him they think he's so skinny and he's not he's like 220 he's he's perfectly normal size for quarterback and uh i'm looking forward to see all four of these guys mac jones included and see how they do at the end of the season Trey, real quick, what is your take on Justin Fields? And then I've got a little special thing to take us out today. Uh, that's supposed to be real, real good. Like you said, as the game went on, his progressions became a lot more smoother, faster. He looked like he uh, took command of the game. Um, I don't think it was smart of him to say that the game felt smart to him because he... I think first game that they have, if he, if Matt Nagy does put him in, which I don't think he was, because he put the brakes on Mahomes too when he was in uh, KC. If he doesn't put him in, his first game is against the no more defense last year, and their line sucks. So keep it down, big fella. Let me just hold on. Stop <laughs> talking fast because you got to face it. Uh, you gonna be facing Aaron Donald. <laughs> Aaron Donald's coming, my guy. Aaron Donald's coming fast and heavy and hard. But no, nah, he looked good uh, for a rookie. He looked like it's not phasing him at all. I mean, 14 out of 20, one, two, 
uh, rushing a touchdown and throwing. Th- like, yeah, he's good. Man, keep it down. He said, maybe let maybe, maybe let Dalton take those hits for the first game, then put him in. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna try something we used to we used to do. I'm gonna give you guys 30 seconds biggest takeaway from the preseason. We're at Trey, so we'll just keep that reverse order. Trey, I'm gonna put 30 seconds on the clock. Give me your biggest takeaway from the first week of the preseason. And go. <laughs> the quarterbacks that got drafted are heavy hitters and players. Uh, and uh, that quarterback, the mythical quarterback from Green Bay that was playing behind, I can't remember his name right now, that was playing behind Brett Favre, uh, love, can play. That's my biggest take All right, all right, nice. Richie, you, you are up, my friend. 30 seconds, what's your biggest takeaway? Easy, the AFC North is undefeated in the priest. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> In all seriousness, the only thing I got to say is I'm looking forward to watch Jacksonville. Tuesday's rolling by is Tim Tebow staying on the team. Everybody <laughs> been sm- everybody's been smack talking it, but I'll say this. I'll say this right now. I'm not a Tim Tebow fan. I hate Tim Tebow. Hate is a strong word and I am using it and I mean it. But all the tight ends combined have less than a thousand yards. One of them has a thousand over five years. These guys are all scrubs. The only thing is, if can he learn to block? Because as long as he can block, they gonna they gonna give him a chance. Because Urban Meyer is a terrible coach, as stated by Ohio State, choking every year. That's all I got to say about Jacksonville, and that's all I got to say about the preseason. That or they gonna lose Lawrence. Sahi, your thirty seconds are on the board, my friend. What do you got to say? What's your biggest takeaway? I I got uh, it's tied. I got the Denver Broncos are a lot more talented than I thought they were going to be. And uh, second, a lot more talented than I thought they would be is Zach freaking Wilson. Um, the boy, this is a way too early prediction. The comparison is Drew Brees. If they get some guys in there, he looks like a young Drew Brees out there. Um, he got some zip on the ball and some accuracy. So um, that's, I know that's high praise, but I was just like my first reaction when I saw him actually play. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Let us know what your biggest takeaway from the preseason was and anything else you want to talk about that we talked about, whether you think we're full of shit or whatever. Uh, Make sure you check us out. All the links are below right now, but we got Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all the audio channels. And new this week, we have a Patreon page. Look, we we love doing this. We're going to keep doing this. But if you want some exclusive behind the scenes footage, you want some stuff that, that drops a little earlier than everybody else, hit us up on Patreon. Show your support. Show your love. We really appreciate it. Thanks for watching The Wire. We'll see you next Wednesday and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, man. I was waiting for the shoe to drop with Sahi. I thought he had some yeah, sort of yeah, 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 yeah. I was sitting here yeah, waiting. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's a sauce Right, 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 right. For years, it's, I've been, it's for the patrons. I've been a Justin Fields hater. I don't think that he can throw a ball. I don't think he can.